0: Stand tonight. Brother Sam's gonna lead us in singing. Brother Sam, will tonight? Alright, page 44. Page number 44. If you got a book, grab it. If you don't, sing along. If you don't know the words, just shout while we sing. I work too. Alright, forty-four, come unto me. Hear the blessed Savior calling me. your heart. Have you cares of business, cares of pressing men, cares of social life or cares of open men? Are you by remorse or sense or get depressed? Come right on to Jesus and Brought distress with me. 116. I'm glad there's a lot of things you and I might be getting ready for, but if we ain't getting ready to get out of here, we're getting ready for the wrong thing. Amen. I'm glad I've got a hope that's beyond this world down here. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I'm glad that I got in on this old-time religion a long time ago. But if it wasn't even this, I'm glad I got in on the cross of Calvary, the blood of Jesus, and the fact that there is no other way and that heaven is real. And I really do. Get to go When you learn That you really get to go You'll get excited about it hey, Amen I'm glad I'm a getting ready To leave this world Sing it out now Laying up my treasures In that home above Trusting fully Trusting in the Savior In the riches of His saving grace Any shirtly trial I His love can trace Sure that up in heaven I shall find a place Oh, I'm getting ready to leave this world oh, I'm getting ready to leave this world of sorrow I'm getting ready for the gates of prayer. Day and night, I'm getting ready to leave this world. On the last to prepare a mansion, Jesus said, I'll go. If it were not true, I would have told you so. Just a little while to linger here below. Page 150, glad you can get there through the blood, but a long life's journey, you got to have a friend. Amen. I'm glad that I have found in him a friend like none other. Boy, he's the very best friend that I've ever had. Page 150, the dearest friend I've ever had. All right, y'all sing it like you know it now. When I was drifting out in sin, I had no peace, no joy within, but Jesus came and made me glad. He's the dearest And I feel... Pay- that you've ever been acquainted with. He saved my soul. Well, oh, bless his name. I'll never forget the day he came. He makes me glad when I am sad, for he's the dear In a second, he saved my soul. Say my soul. Come.
1: cheers me on when I'm sad I can't help but to think about a young man named Stephen being stoned to death looked up into heaven and seen Jesus I just wonder if maybe Jesus is saying just come on don't give up Stephen just press on I know it hurts I know it's hard I I know it's painful I know there's tears in your eyes I know you're weak, I know you're burdened, I know you're heavy, but just press on a little longer, it won't be long. I'm glad he cheers me on when I am sad, amen. I said, hallelujah. Glory to the I said, hallelujah. you'll get to thinking about that great cloud of witnesses. (laughs) If I wasn't so tired, I'd run. Hallelujah. Come on, Jamie. I believe it was my daddy just the other day was talking about heaven getting sweeter. Seems like all the good men of God, all the good saints of God are going on. You know what's happening? Heaven's getting sweeter. Don't misunderstand. I want to see my nanny... I want to see my grandpa. I want to see all those. I want to see Buster Seaton. I mean, we can go right down the line, but I want to see Jesus. I want to see my Savior first of all. But, honey, I get to thinking about when it's hard. I get to thinking about when, it's, when you're trudging through. You don't know if you want to go on. You don't know if you want to stand against the fog. You know it's hard. You know it may be cold. But I want to be happy right along with Jesus So excited
2: tonight!
1: But I wonder if my
3: <laughs>
1: I wonder, I wonder tonight if my pastor, Brother Troutman, that has shouted all over this building, I wonder what he might be thinking as he pictures these men of God, these saints of God, in the house tonight. Son, I'm talking about a great cloud of witnesses. I'm glad tonight I'm in the house of hallelujah Just...
3: Everybody that loves the Lord, say amen. 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 Preach. Several, Several comments that would probably be appropriate right here. Thank the Lord for the church. Well, you disappointed me there. Let's try it again. Thank God for the church. Amen. Amen. Thank God for the scriptures. Amen. The reason it sounds better when Brother Ojo says it, it's because they something in them three sons. Shem, Ham, and Japheth. something in there mm-hmm. yeah and when that thing turned from the Jew to the Gentile God made sure it went to the black man first it was a man of Ethiopia
2: yeah that's right, that's right. It sure was yeah it was yeah it was
3: there was a queen named Sheba one time uh-huh. mm-hmm there's a reason sounds a lot better when he says it. Thank the Lord. And I think about our two sisters. Yes. I remember when there was three. Uh-huh. Brother Langston was remembering when your mother was singing Sister Henderson. He sat there when you sang with your mom and the girls were little. Uh-huh. And I've heard those recordings, but I never got to meet your mother grandmother I stood in Thailand and preached don't know why I don't know why what the Holy Ghost told me stood in a little church that had an orphanage not an orphanage that had a church can I get a witness I don't like these ministries that have a church I like churches that have a ministry and uh, the Lord told me to preach on them the end of Zechariah 4. The, these are my two witnesses that stand before the whole earth. The two olive trees and the golden pipes and the golden oil flowing out of those oh, yeah. pipes in that tree. And so I've wondered often what was that golden oil. But tonight I'm Believe I understand. Golden oil. You saw two, the Lord's two witnesses tonight stand here, and that was golden oil run out and hit y'all. You say, explain that. If you need any further explanation, you missed the whole thing. So. That was golden oil. Our generation wants to, uh, understand yeah. Yeah. everything without, st- without standing under anything.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Amen. You ain't gonna get one without the other. Yeah. Right. That Bible ain't for you to understand. It's for you to stand under. Amen.
4: Right.
3: That gospel's not for you to understand. Right. Right. It's for you to stand under. This camp meeting is not for you to understand. It's for you to stand under. Bless the Lord. Take your Bibles tonight and just hold it in your hands. I'm going to preach the whole Bible. I really am. I don't have a launching point. We're all going to jump in backwards in the deep end of the pool and just splash everywhere. That's the plan. Lord, thank you for Calvary. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Lord, thank you for this precious church, this precious flock, the dear old shepherd that spent his life building this. And this precious young shepherd now that's been given the watch care of this flock. Lord, thank you for loving us. God, thank you for the ladies that have served this food and it's back there waiting on us. Lord, there are big things happening out here, but there's a lot of little things happen behind the scenes. And if we don't have servants, we can't have service. Thank you for all the servants that have made all this possible. And our Lord, go with us in the power of God in the next little while. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. All the Lord's people said, I don't have a text to launch from. I have a burden. And I have several Bible things written down. Again... The Lord will have to help us on down the road. There is no alliteration. There is no rhyme. I got a burden. Got a Bible. Pray the Lord to help us. I would say to the young preachers uh, don't try getting up and just saying a bunch of stuff if you ain't spent your lifetime studying. Hallelujah. Topical preaching to coming off the top of your head usually is not worth hearing. We get about two minutes from the Lord and an hour and a half from some feller. (laughs) Help me now. But the Lord's given me this burden, and this is the way he's given it to me. And uh, (laughs) I'll tell you you something, but I'll withhold the names. Well, it won't be any good if I withhold the names. But if I told you the names, it might be a little too much. So see me after church. (laughs) (laughs) There was a great man, I'll tell it without the names, you'll have to enter in yourself. There was a great man sitting there in a certain great meeting, this happened, a friend of mine was sitting behind him, and a man got up to preach, and this great, renowned, worldwide preacher looked at him and took notes. Second man got up to preach, and this world-renowned, great preacher, truly, truly was, was taking notes. And then the third man got up, and and I'll tell you who the man taking those, Dr. John Phillips. He just turned to the side and started reading the book while that third man preached. I'm withholding three names because I have to be a Christian at least while I preach. See me at Waffle House, we'll eat two bowls of chili. It always loosens me up. That third man got up and he turned to the side and read a book. (laughs) And afterwards, my friend went and asked that great man. I noticed when the first two men, you took notes. But the third man, you turned to the side and read a book. He said, and boy, I wish I could be a gentleman. Here's what he said. He said, we shall all give account to God for the stewardship of our time. (laughs) So I've heard a lot of fellers that we just need to read a book,
4: <laughs>
3: but I want to be a I want to be a man who lives in the book. And the Lord's given me a burden tonight. I, I want to preach on this. If the Lord help me, we're going to look at some scriptures. and And my burden for this service, for this hour, for this for tonight, the Lord's given me on the verge. on the verge at the threshold you might ought to get excited because we're on the verge yeah. Now the Lord helped help me develop this in just a moment but we're on the verge yes. now this this, uh, this ain't a sermon this would be a message Amen. some of you need to be excited But some of you need to wake up and get with the program. Because you're on the verge. And some of you need to be very frightened. For your eternal soul. Because you're on the verge and this is not a game. America can escape. We have escapism down. Television. Hollywood for some of you Dollywood <laughs> I carry my family up there but just let me remind you a sleazy woman that puffs out her body and wears a mini skirt and high heels is not actually a Christian right What happened to a bunch of godly southerners? I've been to the comedy barn three times. It was funny. They got me up there one time and I had the gout and he laid me down and I couldn't do nothing he said. And they laughed for 30 minutes. It was great. Well, I want to remind you a woman. I heard her in an interview And she said, there was a prostitute, I'm changing the language a little bit, in our town when I was growing up and she wore high heels, mini skirts, and bright makeup and said, I always wanted to be her. I'm going to tell you all something. We were really messed up in the South when you all acting like Dolly stuff is a Christian stuff. What in the world? What in the stinking world? Now, America can escape. We live in our houses and don't talk to nobody. People used to look at each other and listen to each other. Used to be twenty people on the front porch snapping beans. Amen. You knew who your cousins were. You all lived in the same holler. But we've escaped. In the world of the internet, in the world of Hollywood, in the world of movies, and and in the world of music. Young people get lost in music. It's powerful and they can run into there and never see anybody again for 20 minutes in the world of music. You better hear me. America has got enough money and means and we don't use our freedom and our, our privileges, we don't use it to spread the gospel. We use it to serve our flesh. Everybody's losing their mind. We lost all of our mothers after World War II. Everybody grew up with two men working. Everybody grew up with two heads of the homes, And now that's why they don't know if they're a man or a woman and two daddies or two mamas. We lost our mothers after... This is old-fashioned preaching, but it's still the truth. We lost our mothers, we lost our morals, and we lost our mind. We got money, but we lost all that other. I don't want to be a smart aleck. I never want to be a smart aleck. I don't ever want to have an ugly spirit. But that old path is an old path and it's a pretty clear path and it's a narrow path. Yes. Yes. And 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 our generation, brother David, brother Sam, brother Burke, your friend, our generation. In their 30s and 40s and I'll be 50 this year. But the 20s and 30s for raising the old time stuff want to have the old-time path without living the old-time way. It's a real danger. We want to have old-time church like this at church. And I ain't talking about the world. I'm talking about us. I'm talking about us. And then we want to live the way that this wicked nation's living. And that's why you got to go, and I'm not being ugly, but I'm saying this on purpose. That's why then you have to go on social media and get 20,000 people to give you a backup support. And hit the like button so you can have the courage to go against everything you know you was raised in. And 10,000 people telling you it's okay. And we're actually more spiritual because we dropped everything. So we're doing it just out of a pure heart. And you got to get 10,000 people to support you. And anybody come at that with any resistance and 5,000 jump on them and, yeah, right. and do passive-aggressive posts for a month. Yeah, Y'all it. ain't helping me. Right. Yeah. I'm figuring this thing out. We want that old-time power at church but not old-time principles at home. Yeah, right. yeah, right. And don't think it's the first time that we've had a generation want to compromise. Every other generation compromises. And every other third generation comes back and says, God, we're sorry and we need you. On the verge. I scribbled these thoughts down a week ago. From Not from my heart. From the Lord's heart. I'm an evangelist to the churches. And an evangelist, a gospel evangelist to the heathen. We have our World Harvest Baptist Missions. Brother Ojo's going back to Nigeria on May the 14th. God's had them and they hang out in Ringo, Georgia. My, uh, my kids go to Friday school with Janice and Nicole and they're our friends. I, I got seven men going to, uh, Uganda. Out of Brother Phillips, raise your hand, Brother Phillips, one of our main missionaries to Uganda is out of his church, and there's seven young men from Alabama going to Uganda in less than three weeks. I told Brother Old Joe we're going to try to team up over there. He's in Nigeria and we're in Uganda. We're going to team up and try to tell some, try to tell some more from the uttermost part. That there's a king up north. You need to come see his kingdom. The half has never yet been told. The queen of the south went to see the king of the north. She said the half has never... How do you think that Ethiopian eunuch knew how to go hunt for God? I'm an evangelist to the churches and a gospel evangelist to the heathen. And I want to do it with God For God By God I ain't saying this ugly But I don't need none of y'all to do what God's called me to do There's in one sense I need every one of you But then when it comes to that crossroads You got to go with Him And ain't nobody else you can go with I think you understand what I'm saying Thank God for Brother Langston and Brother Dent and Brother Atkinson because this path I'm going down. Do you know they said every year uh, the six cities of refuge, three on one side of the Jordan, three on the other. They said that some of the old priests would walk the road and clear the road of trees and branches and fill in any potholes and make sure about to run. Make sure that anybody needing to go to the city of refuge that the way would be clear. Yeah. I need a little help right there. Yeah. Thank God what Brother Dent's doing around here. Yeah. Other Hopping around and shout, other than enjoying the fruits of his labor, yeah. but he's a keeping the way clear for some of these, these young men. Need to run. These young men need to dance. These young men need to shout. They won't have to know how to try to figure it out.
4: That road cleared. Yes,
3: bless God. That's good. Bless the Lord now you're on the verge you're on the verge I'm going to say these things right here the Lord put in my some of you are on the verge of salvation brother David and Sam it takes the spirit of the Lord to get somebody saved Jesus told that to Nicodemus and God got folks sitting in here <laughs> I'm not a Calvinist, but I, I don't believe in John Calvin, but I believe in a sovereign God. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's seven billion people on this earth. Corrected, seven billion people on the earth. And look who you, and, and most of them are going to hell. And look where you're sitting there. Oh, thank you. Thank you, I can see cars go by when I preach. But look where you're sitting. He wants you. You're on the verge of salvation. You better get saved. Some of you on the verge, some of us on the verge of revival. I told this body of believers some time back, not too long ago, I told him, you're probably not gonna make it. That's what I told him, cause that's the mathematical odds. When you've had a great man and a great span, there's only one out of 50,000 churches continue on to a second chapter. Most of them shut down. And it don't even hurt the Lord's feelings. He'll go somewhere else and raise something up. A lot of times he's the one who shuts them down. Don't kick around, thrash around all you want to. When God's done with the thing, he's moving on. It ain't that he's mad or glad, it's that he's done. And I had to be honest and tell this little body of believers that you're probably not going to make it. Usually men rise up and, and, and men sit down. The wrong ones rise up and the wrong ones sit down. Yeah, on. And you won't never get the right one for another three pastors. Yeah. And by the time you get a right one, the church ain't worth shooting and he can't do nothing with it. Y'all ain't helping me.
2: Yeah.
3: But something beautiful and mysterious and glorious has trans, yeah. transpired in front of our eyes here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 Oh,
3: and don't nobody need to act like they can explain it. Because I've seen the greatest preachers, the greatest churches, the greatest prayer warriors, and the greatest saints. When it's done, it's done. Yeah. <laughs> so God didn't do this because of us, but in spite of us. Yeah. 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 And he had mercy. Yeah. 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 He may have had his reasons, but he had mercy. <laughs> and y'all are on the verse of Revival. Y'all are on the verge of revival. He's not at the door. Somebody done opened the door.
4: He's here.
3: Do you understand a lot of people open that door and he's already gone. My beloved had withdrawn himself. Don't tell me because it's this or because it's that. I know a thousand other places that got more this and That's why it should have went well. But it didn't. But it did for (laughs)
4: y'all.
3: Brother Langston, I drove by ten churches in the last three months where I've told them in the past. It probably ain't going to work out and it did not. But it did here. <laughs> Somehow the Lord did it. <laughs> and you're on the verge. You're on the verge of revival. You're on the
2: verge.
3: I wrote this down under the direction of the Lord. You're on the verge, somebody here is on the verge of deliverance. The color knocked out of your life some time back and it's been black and white for a long time. And you hadn't caught your breath yet. Whether it was a funeral, whether it was a cancer report, whether it was a child that walked out the door, whether it was something that uglier than all the above, that some of the greatest trials in here are secret trials. And we know the tragic things, but I got news for you. There are secret things that are harder to live with than some of even the known things. But I read Habakkuk. I read Habakkuk. He said, just wait for it. Though it tarry, wait for it. He said, the Lord's on the way. Help is on the way. Your answer's on the way. There's an evening that that prodigal's gonna come running down the road. Your deliverance. The yoke, it's Isaiah 10 or Isaiah 11, one of the most precious promises, Brother Derryberry, that God ever gave me. One of the most, and I can't even tell you the story. I don't know, I I couldn't tell hardly anybody the story. Oh, in one of my deepest, darkest hours, way back yonder, I was clawing to get out of that horrible pit and just falling in deeper. But I read a verse in Isaiah 10 or 11 and said, The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. And his rod... The rod shall be upon this. But there's coming a day. You're under oppression right now. You're under bondage right now. You're in captivity right now. Your heart hanging on the willow right now. And you're in a strange land. But there's coming a day that the yoke shall be destroyed because of the (laughs) anointing. It told me it would. I didn't believe it could. But I knew it would and I hoped it might. And he's come through.
4: Bless Lord.
3: What the songs say.
4: Yeah.
3: Everything the Lord ever promised. Yes. He's faithful. Yes. He can call things into existence that are not. Yes, sir. And things that are, he can say, no, they're not. Yes, sir. And in a little while, be they won't.
4: Yes. Deliverance. Yes.
3: Deliverance delivered. We're a nation of addictions. We're a nation of addictions. We've served the flesh, and now we're owned by the flesh Mm -hmm. in America. Addictions of all sorts and varieties. Chemical, alcohol, and pills and needles, and and then all the young men, the, the phones and the computers. And the things that used to be hard to get a hold of, now it's hard, it's hard to avoid. Yeah.
4: Right.
3: But I got news for you, if you ever rub that anointing oil on you, hell's in trouble.
4: Yeah. Yeah. That's right. it it.
3: <laughs> if that blood was ever applied and that water was ever washed and that oil sealed the deal, that yoke's going to be destroyed because yeah. yeah, right. of the anointing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Look at Israel tonight. Yes, your deliverance, you're on the verge of deliverance. You're on the verge of entrance. You're standing there looking at Canaan. Egypt's back yonder when you was a slave in sin. The wilderness is behind you, carnality and wasted life. There's a death river running in front of you, a baptism waiting on you, and Canaan's fair land, milk and honey, an entrance. You're on the verge of getting in. Some of you on the verge of, I'm just going to say it like this, a train wreck. Some of you have never listened to counsel. You've rebelled against your pastors. You've rebelled against your parents. You've rebelled against the proddings. You've kicked against the pricks. That's what God said to Paul. The Lord prodding you and putting you. And some of you on the verge of a train wreck and we'll never get you back. You'll be smashed to smithereens. And this will be one of the last serving you'll spend the rest of your life trying to remember this service. I don't know if you're lost or saved. You're on the verge of a train wreck. The warnings in these meetings. When the Holy God of Israel comes by, it just ain't to tickle your little American spine. God ain't here to entertain you. We ain't singing and shouting to entertain you. And I know most of you already feel that way. This is the church worshiping their Savior. I appreciate y'all staying away from the concerts and the southern gospel industry. It's full of devils and hells, about all that's in it. Done took something precious, belonged to the Lord, and hijacked it to monopolize it into an industry and make money off of it, and it turns into showboating. Bunch of clowns. Bunch of clowns. Get their hair all colored up, unnatural colors, and get it all pointing nine different directions. You know, your hair can be immodest. Do you know your hair can be immodest? Do you know your hair can be immodest? Amen. It's gonna say something's gonna hurt you, I ain't looked around. When all the lesbians are painting their hair blue, I don't believe I would. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That may have been a little too straight, but no. when all the lesbians are painting their hair blue, I don't believe I would. No. I mean, my, my grandma dyed her so black until she is 80 that it looked a little blue, but she didn't mean nothing back. Yeah, and a deacon's wife, and you know who it is, Brother Tory, she done the same thing. But she didn't mean to turn it blue. Some of you on the verge of a train wreck.
1: Go ahead. Come on,
3: Oh, my goodness. i got a friend, pastors. i got to be careful with these stories because everything is on the Internet. I can take you back, and these old preachers can show you people whose lives train wreck. God ain't going to slow you down but so many times. God ain't gonna pull that thing and reroute you, but so many times you keep going that road. When your donkey turns around talking to you, and then you persist, you ain't coming back. That angel of the Lord stood there with a sword. Balaam was on the verge of going one step too far. And some of you, your donkey has turned around and talked to you, and you know it. Honey, when that final warning, I don't care how hard-headed, reprobate, and ignorant you want to act, when that final warning comes, you know it. When God speaks that last time, you know it. And it ain't your preacher you're arguing with, and it ain't your mama you're arguing with, and it ain't your grandma, and it ain't your wife. You know it's God. a man I pastored for, well, I pastored his wife and the children. He never would submit to God, never would get in church. He said, I got my Harley. He told his wife. She was godly, he wasn't. He said, I'm going to Daytona for one last flame. Going to Daytona for one last flame. And I'll park this thing and I'll be a good man the rest of the days of our life. She fell to her knees and held, she fell to her knees and held his knees. Please don't. They've been married 30 years. Please don't. He said one last time. Come on. I think he's decapitated when he hit that truck. some of you on the verge this is why my generation's seeking out these mega churches and these little vineyards and the grove the point the rock the view I was mad a long time that they dropped Baptist church off the sign then I started appreciating it thank you for dropping Baptist church off the sign thank you Thank you. Yeah, sir. Yeah. Well, they call it at the bottom of the hill, brother, the highlands.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Highlands. What got.
3: Yeah. It. Yes, sir. And I read their little sign at the bottom of your hill. Yeah. Fresh, relevant, fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's what is. That was Highland Park Baptist Church, Tennessee Temple University, Dr. Oh, Lee Robertson. Right. Yeah. Now it's the highlands.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Got a 37 year old effeminate limp wristed Joel Osteen grinning little necklace wearing fruitcake for a pastor. Fresh, relevant, fun. I believe that's the sign on what used to be Camp Joy. That's the Highlands. That's why my generation, that's why this nation, We'll not come to churches like this. Because yes, right. preachers preach like this. Preachers right. 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 <laughs> yeah. preach like this. Right, but what that is, is that's the man of God in your life. And he's going, don't. Hell's right there. The destruction and judgment of your children and grandchildren is right there. Right there is the end of the road. Don't our nation don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. You're on the verge. You're on the verge. I wrote this down. We're on the verge of the second coming.
4: We're on the
3: verge of the second coming. I bless the Lord. We're there. Them two days are up and he's coming back. Them two days are up. He said, I'm going to give you two days of wages and I'll be back and you take care of this feller we hauled out of the ditch. Hosea said, after two days, he'll raise us up and we'll live in his sight. And then we're going to know those of us who followed on to know the Lord. We're on the verge of the second coming. Mm, Leave me alone right there. Leave me alone. That's an hour of preaching. I'll preach it and then preach my other message for an hour or two. Had a little feller at the rock altar tonight. I think that's him right there. He said, I wish you'd preach till 1030 tonight. (laughs) That's what he said. So if I get one more vote, I'm in. (laughs) That's what he said <laughs> Oh my The family sang He's coming Our Lord is coming
4: Our Lord is coming Our Lord is coming
3: Our Lord is coming, Lord is coming. Lord is coming. World War One, The last great revival We needed to see was the revival Of the nation of Israel most of the rest of them are all charismatic. And the only reason you think they're real is because you're contemporary. And you're charismatic. I need a little witness right there. All this stuff, y'all getting worked up on social media. The only reason you think all that stuff real is because you, you same thing they are. That's exactly right. The only revival that we ever needed to see was the revival of the nation of Israel, Ezekiel 38, the Valley of Dry Bones. Ed Maccabee preached it at Faith Camp. I think I was 22, and he preached on that the only revival we need to see. The fullness of the Gentiles is about come in. Amen. I'm about to run is what I'm about to do. Oh, man, right. yeah. Honey, the latter day rain a bunch of charismatics on the upper channels TVN claiming them Pentecostals claiming we're in the latter day revival. Uh-huh. So Somehow they need your money. You must not be doing too good if you got to go on television and ask for everybody else's money. What kind of revival is that? (laughs) It's the false revival of the last days. 1904 was the last revival powerful enough to shake a country. After World War II, there were no revivals powerful enough to shake a community. You had them from 1900 to 1950, revivals that would shake entire communities. But after World War II, Israel come back together. And when Israel come together, honey, the Gentiles began dispersing the reverse judgment. 2,000 years ago, he scattered the Jews and drew the Gentiles. And we're living an hour when he's put a reverse on that thing. And now he's, that's why he can't keep nobody in church. He's scattering the Gentiles and He's drawing the Jews. I ain't a bit discouraged about none of it. No. I get my help from the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Them Gentiles are diminishing greatly. Them Jews are prospering strongly. And I hear the sound. I believe I heard the door scrape. He's got his hand on the knob. Like, like the, I stand in the back when these fellas get married and we always pick the door. Is it time to go out? Is it time? Me and the best man and the feller getting married, you know, we get to stand back there. Hey, man. And they, hey, man. Finally they'll say, alright, we run over a little. We're over time a little, but grandma's here now. So let's, let's go on out. Hey man, come on out. And then we're all standing there waiting and every man that's ever gotten married looked just like Adam when God brought Eve from around the side of that palm tree. Yeah. <laughs> God said, like, you stand there. Probably tape. There's probably duct tape in paradise. Stand here. <laughs> Duct tape's always been around. How do you think things have stuck together all these years? (laughs) Adam. (laughs) Looking at his buddies, the elephant and the peacock. Animals talked back then. You'll be all right. (laughs) Adam. I got to stand here. This guy. God done something to <laughs> it, and then God was smiling, and He brought Eve out—a whole band of gorillas, peacocks, elephants, parakeets—put down their lucky charms and come over. I don't know what sounds parakeets make. Yes, sir.
4: Follow your nose.
3: Seventies were good to all of us. And the Lord had that bride. Here's your bride. And Adam, like every bride that ever was. Do you know even when the heathen observed the honorable institution of marriage, God puts a glory on the bride? Yes, sir. Right. And the spirit on the man, even when they're not saved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a glory on the bride. Yes, sir. You can take the ugliest woman in three counties and marry her off that day. She's the prettiest thing ever.
4: Yeah.
3: The veil helps. The veil helps. <laughs> the, the veil helps some of them, Brother Miriam. You know it's true. Yeah. <laughs> that same woman at Walmart yesterday and Walmart racks were just falling over. This is so... But when she gets married, there's a glory on the bride. By the way, a lot of us were old, ugly sinners. He put us under the veil of His righteousness. His blood There's a glory. There's a glory. We're on the verge of the second coming. The 1900s has been about wars and nations. 1917. The British Empire, we're going to England on a mission trip, May the 16th, two days after y'all go to Nigeria. Me and my whole family's going to England and help Rob Smith, an old preacher named Pavlet, dying of stage 4 cancer, and giving all his churches to our little missionary. Me and Brother Rob's going over there. The British Empire, amen, 1917, Lord Balfour. Signed that declaration. World War I prepared the land for the people. World War II, Adolf Hitler, he didn't know it, but he prepared the people for the land. He tried to kill all the Jews and all he managed to do was get them all back in the promised land. World War III is going to put the king on the throne. I'll be on a white horse yes, sir. somewhere behind the son of God. Yeah. Yep. I got a plan. I got a backup plan. I mean, I've been thinking about the second coming for a while. When that, when the heavens open and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, I'm picking up a rock. I think there's rocks in heaven. If there ain't a rock, I'm picking up somebody that never would tithe. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> And right when the heavens open like a scroll and somewhere, if I can get, I'm going to, I'm positioning my horse. If I got to leave, Jennifer and all of y'all, I'm getting up there. I am you the second coming, Jesus, Michael, Gabriel, Dean. <laughs> How'd you get it? never mind, the thing's already going. I don't know what Dean's doing here, but let's go. That's my plan. I'm charging the front lines. Right before that sword. Jennifer, be back for like it. My lord, he's been crazy on earth. He's crazy in heaven. <laughs> I'm throwing a rocket to devil. Yeah. If I can yeah, get man. one, I want to get one good lick in. Come on. Yeah. When the heavens open up and the unholy Trinity gathered around Jerusalem, the beast, the false prophet, the antichrist, and the nations, and we're coming back on them white horses. I'm gonna tell Jennifer, be back in a minute, babe. After this battle, I'll be back after the battle. Uh-huh. Millennial no reign, we'll have a thousand years. You'll get over it. Okay. Throwing something at the devil if I can get in there quick enough. I hate him with a righteous hatred. The same hatred the Lord has. We're on the verge of the second coming. We're on the verge of hell. Somebody here is on the verge of hell. That's the last thing the Lord had me right. Somebody's on the verge of hell. On the verge of hell. You'll scream forever. They scream in hell. They shout in heaven. Y'all got about 12 more minutes?
4: You got 12 more minutes?
3: I need to run through some of this. I'm looking right at it. He hadn't put me on time and I'm not going to either. But I just need a moment to run through some of this. we got to talk Bible. We've been talking burden. But now we got to talk Bible. So let's pull the Bible in this. Y'all ready? You don't have to turn to these. You can write them down. You can turn to them. I may not even know where the Scripture is. You can find it. Let me run through these. Y'all ready? Oh, my. Oh, my. Here's a man who's on the verge. Judas Iscariot. I know he's a strange character. I know he's a mysterious character. But Jesus came out of that garden with blood streaming off of his forehead into his beard. And Judas embraced him and mashed his lips with a kiss into the bloody beard of the Son of God. He had the blood's lamb on him and marched off into hell. Brother David, you was there at that tent meeting about two weeks ago when God had me preach on Judas Iscariot, a picture of a typical American. To hold Christ so close and act like you love Him. And sell Him out for money, betraying Him with a kiss. kiss the door to heaven and locked himself into the gate of hell. On the verge. What about the two sons of Aaron? In Leviticus chapter 10. They were at the door of the tabernacle. They were the preacher's kids. I'm a preacher's kid. I'm very, very sympathetic to preacher's kids. Let me tell you something about preacher's kids. Sometimes we act like we have a good excuse to not serve God. Because how bad things were at church. How bad things were at church. Let me tell you something. Everybody's got an excuse on how bad things were. Bad were pretty th- things were pretty bad down there at the project. <laughs> things were pretty bad down there in a broken home. Things were pretty bad down there in a, in a heathen country. It's pretty bad everywhere you've ever been. And sometimes church kids give way to their rebellious streak and they hide behind this excuse, Well, everybody was mean at church, so I'm not going to serve God. Well everybody's mean everywhere. And you're gonna to come to a fork in the road, you'll choose Christ or not. And them two sons of Aaron took that strange fire. And brother, they offered and they did their own thing, their own way in the house of God and God didn't put up with it. And fire came out and consumed them boys. They were on the verge. It was opening day of church. How about Orpah? I love Ruth chapter 1. I love Ruth one sixteen. That little Moabitis, And if you know who Moab and Ammon were. Moab and Ammon. Remember when Lot got out. He's up there in that cave. And them two girls had been corrupted so. and And they were trying to preserve their daddy's seed. But they got him drunk. And the incest took place. And. Moab and Ammon were the two boys born out of that ugly, drunken, incestuous business up there. And God said there's an abomination to him, Moab is my wash pot. And you study that, and I'm not trying to be ugly tonight, but Moab was the sewage tank. And here come a little this woman. And her and Orpah, her and Orpah were on the verge. Come here, Dalton. Ruth and Orpah Mm -hmm. Ruth and Orpah Mm
4: -hmm.
3: And old Naomi said Girls I got no more husbands I got no more babies Mm -hmm. I got no more nothing for you girls Going back to Moab Mm -hmm. And Orpah kissed her and said Okay I'm going back to Moab Mm -hmm. And she went back She went back But Ruth stood there
1: Where thou goest, I will
3: go. Where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Right. Thy God's going to be my God. And right there, the Lord chose her.
2: Yeah.
3: When yeah. she chose him.
4: Thy
3: God will be my God. Naomi said, if you'll get in the corner of that field, I got, we got a kinsman redeemer. Amen. And Naomi said, if you'll get at his feet, In a midnight hour when he stirs, (laughs) you might want to ask him about, can you get in the family? Hey, y'all, we're in a midnight hour, but we're curled up at his feet. And if he'll just move a little, we'll ask him for some things. Oh, them girls are on the verge. What about Goliath? Do you know where Goliath stood there for 40 days? They held him up at the border. Ephetamine. E-P-H-E-S-D-A-M-M-I-M. I have no idea how to pronounce it. Ephetamine. Sound like something you take when you got a cold. That's where they stopped Goliath from coming in. The kingdom was on the verge of collapse. A giant was coming in. They had a carnal king that they had chose. All them carnal kings, y'all like? Because they're so and big. And we got to have us a king like all the other neighbors. And everybody on Facebook likes your king and you love your king. Y'all ain't helping me. But when there's a giant at the border and your king's a coward.
2: That's right.
3: Heard Brother Danny Williams preach years ago on uh, Leave Them Boys Alone. Talk about all them soldiers, the Hebrew boys, the Jewish army. And none of them would fight the giant. But he said at least they showed up for the battle. At least they stopped him at the border. At least they had enough sense to wait on a giant killer. (laughs) He had three other
4: points.
3: (coughs) I studied that. You know what that ephodomimum means? It means a border of blood. Down there in Getty. You wanna know why they call it the border of blood? These old Bible teachers already know. It's cause it was a hedge. The border was a hedge. There was a hedge there. <laughs> what well, you wanna know why they called it the border of blood? It was a vineyard. The, the hedge was a vineyard. I just wanna say, Satan, You can't cross the
4: bloodline.
3: I think I'll write a song and open it up with that line. You can't cross the bloodline. Thank God there's a vert and some of you on that hedge. Thank God for that hedge. Satan said, sometimes Satan gets on the verge, but he can't come in. Now why would you break through and go to the other side of the wrong side of the hedge? Scripture said a bear will attack you, a serpent will bite you. If you get on the wrong side of that hedge. On the verge. Better stay with that hedge. On the verge. About the children of Israel going into Jordan. Ten spies and two spies. Some of y'all better quit being so weak and always going with the majority. They're on the verge. Ten spies said the giants are too big, we can't. Two spies said the grapes are too big, we must. Oh, man. i seen 50 sons of the prophets stand up on the bank of the Jordan. But only one young preacher got down in the death, burial, and resurrection and come out of there with a mantle. What about Cain and Abel? Page two of your Bible. God said, you're on the threshold, son. You've rejected me once. I'm going to give you a chance. Shalt thou not be accepted? Sin lieth at the door. If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? Second page of your Bible. God's extended the invitation just as I am. The Lord stood there and sang to Cain. One more verse, Cain. One more verse. You can come. You can do right. You can be saved. You, 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 messed up on this first altar call. Yeah. You did your own thing on this first altar call. Come on now. But I'm giving the second altar call. Yeah. Cain was on the verge. The elder brother and the prodigal son, the elder brother would not go in. He was hung up on the front porch. He had so many issues, so much bitterness. First generation of Hebrews had to be written the book of Hebrews. They were standing at the threshold. The Lord had given them the law, but now the Lord's given them the cross. And they had five warnings in Hebrews. Go on in. Go on in. Get on in. Come on in. It's about like pleading with badness your whole life. Some of you are standing there at the verge and you won't go in. Well, you better come on in or you'll be trampling underfoot the blood of the covenant and doing despite to the spirit of grace. King Agrippa said to Paul in Acts 26, Almost thou persuadest me. I love that Song of Solomon. Please turn to Song of Solomon. We'll look at one verse now that we're at the end. We'll read a text to close this message. We'll read a text to close this message. Song of Solomon, chapter 5. Song of Solomon in the 5th chapter. She gets a midnight visitor. Hey, y'all. The bride-to-be gets a midnight visitor. You and I are living in a midnight hour. And we've received a visitation tonight. She says in chapter 5, verse 2, I sleep. But my heart waketh. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh. Saying, open to me. My sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled. For my head is filled with dew. My locks with the drops of the night. I have put off my, here come the excuses. She says, I've put off my coat. How shall I put it on? I've washed my feet. How shall I defile them? And then my beloved put in his hand by the hole of the door, and my bowels were moved for him. I rose up to open to my beloved, and my hands dropped with myrrh and my fingers with sweet smelling myrrh upon the hand of the lock. I opened to my beloved, and this is one of the most tragic statements in the Old Testament. But my beloved had withdrawn himself and was gone. And what happened happened to you if you. If you dilly dally and delay She said my soul failed My soul failed I sought him Couldn't find him I'm going to tell you something my friend You move when God moves Or you miss out on the move of God You move when God moves Or you miss out on the move of God You don't operate on your schedule I sleep, but my heart waketh. That's where we're at. We're in the midnight hour. Watch me now. And the body is asleep. But there's a heart in each body. Each church body has got a heart. The body sleeps, but that heart wakes up when that voice speaks. I do not know a voice could knock, but a voice can knock. And look how much he loved her. The four statements, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled. That's a four-point sermon for another night. What he thinks of us. You can't delay. I'm going to tell one story now and I'm done. Dr. Percy Ray out in Camp Zion, Myrtle, Mississippi. Remember the story, them fireballs come across the sky one night laying out there with his deacons. God opened up Camp Zion and about everything that's got much power today, some came directly or indirectly from that outfit. That man laid on the Mississippi 50 years and held this nation together, I think. I've been over there on the grounds and seen that Nine foot iron altar he'd lay on. I scared to touch it. I wouldn't touch it. It took me there too much judgment. Too many people died messing around that place with that preacher. You get killed quick. He'd pastored that little Southern Baptist church fifteen years and they drove him out of his mind fussing with them deacons and he went to resign. He'd been there fifteen years. He read a resignation and slammed it on the pulpit and walked out the door. And just like your church, it had two doors that went into the foyer and then the doors that went outside. And a little Polish woman. Her name's now in a stained glass window on the old wooden church building from 1935 over in the first window. It's a long Polish name. He resigned, walked out, went through them doors and was grabbing the other door. And a little old woman grabbed his coat. Preacher, she grabbed the hem of his garment. Yeah. And she said, Preacher, would you stay for just one? Would you stay for just one? And he said, I couldn't, I couldn't walk out that door. I had one little sheep. Seemed like our Savior would leave ninety and nine, but go for one. Would you stay for just one? And that's when He turned around and walked back in and unresigned. Y'all ever unresigned? So I've done that a thousand times. I quit the next day. I unquit and back to the grind. And then it wasn't right after that, Brother Marion. He got them deacons out in that field praying at night, and that fireball—I don't know if it was a meteorite, an asteroid, or a Mighty Mouse. I seen Mighty Mouse do that one time. Yes. Come, to, but fireball lit up that field. And they read that promise, and God raised up that meeting one night. There's 49 states represented there, and Hawaii was one of them. Forty-nine states. I'm going to guess the one state that didn't come was Massachusetts. That's just a guess, but I'm guessing I have mathematical odds for that. Leave me alone. Take me to Waffle House. We'll eat chili, and you'll know what I think about Massachusetts in a little while. Forty-nine states. Now, that church was on the verge of losing everything but one Would you stay for just one? I want you to bow your heads. Brother David, I want you to play. I don't know how to give this altar call. I think the Lord's already given the altar call. You on the verge? I don't know what to tell you. But I know God's spoken. I feel like God has spoken tonight. Let's do it like this. How many preachers would come pray with me? Now, you all don't have to. I know there's a lot of us, but how many of you preachers would like to come down here and let's get up on this platform and get around this altar and let's pray? We're on the verge! We're on the verge! We're on the verge! Now, most of these front pews and front seats are open. How many Christians would like to come pray? Cause your heart's so heavy. Come on Christians. You don't all have to come, but if you really feel pressed, who'll come and pray with us? We're on the verge. <laughs> come pray. We're on the verge. Let me give this altar a call. How many young people? How many young people will stand up and get another friend and pray with somebody? God lets you be in these services. God lets you be in this atmosphere. I want everybody to stand and make it easy to move. If you need to be saved, you better fall on your knees and call on the Lord. You need to be saved. Tonight is your night. Find you a place to pray. Get on the wall. Get in the back. Get in that foyer. Find you a place to pray. Brother Sam, let's get you a microphone and you sing. I surrender all. Oh God. On the verge. You're on the verge tonight. Somebody's on the verge. His church is on the verge. Your life is on the verge. Your children are on the verge. Your entire destiny. Your future on the verge altar call the church came now this is for you to come (laughs) we got young ladies praying here and young ladies praying there what about them women that lingered at Calvary when there wasn't but one disciple there what about them women that went to the tomb for three days bringing in gifts (laughs) now this altar calls for you is there a discouraged preacher I guarantee you every other preacher in here knows where you're at is there a discouraged preacher God will put a Jeremiah in a pit, and he'll say, I just don't want to preach no more. So you ain't the first one. John the Baptist was in prison, said I'm not even sure if that was him. It's alright to be a discouraged preacher. Just keep being a preacher. Is there a preacher or a preacher boy? wants to get down here and pray because you're on the verge of something eternal we're going to sing again and this is for you is there a teenager a college age a child and your old hearts are beating God is speaking and you ain't heard nothing of that except you're on the verge you're on the verge this altar calls for you Is there a sinner? Needs to be saved. This next verse is for you. God gave Cain a second altar call. We're going to give you one. Is there a weary pilgrim? And you can't go much further. But if you lift your head up and look, right over the other side of that last hill, is where you've been ahead in the whole time. You're on the verge of deliverance. It's been black and white and the color's been knocked out of your life. There's a little pink dawn, some pastel skies. The sun's not close to rising, but it's closer to rising than it was a while ago. It's not quite as dark as it has been. This is for you. Come here. This altar's open now it's for you. I'm not going to manipulate you. I'm not going to play mind games with you. I'm just giving you a second altar call. Oh, come,
2: come on! To you,
0: Jesus, come on!
3: So somebody's so hungry for God, you'd rather die than
4: not
0: have it. Come on.
1: He's has done what God has blessed Brother Dean to do. He has a way, he has a touch. I want them to sing one more verse tonight. year the last week of October the last Friday of the month yeah. I was 24 hours away from telling God no <laughs> over a half of a man of God, God's Spirit began to convict me. There was one word that God needed to hear. Just one. He didn't need questions to be asked for Him to answer. He didn't need a contract signed. He needed someone to say yes. And I'm glad that day I told God yes. Oh, there's been a lot of questions. Somebody needs to tell God tonight yes. Somebody needs to say I'm tired of trying to figure it out. I'm tired of trying to do it my own way. Someone tonight needs to stop asking questions and trying to figure out a better way and just tell God, yes. I guarantee you, when you do that, God will take everything else in His time and in His care. Someone tonight simply needs to surrender it all, regardless of what tomorrow holds, and say yes. Brother Sam, you sing.